So if you're looking for negativity and something to bring you down or something to reinforce the fact of why you feel crappy about being in the business at this time, you're going to find it super easy to find. But if you're looking for something to be inspired about, if you're looking for opportunities, if you're looking for the perfect conditions to set yourself apart and to separate yourself from the competition, that's there too. They're equal and opposite perspectives and you just have to make a choice. Welcome to The Lensetter Show, the show that blends the art of sales, the science of success, and the strategies of real experts in the mortgage and sales industries to help you grow your client base, increase your revenue, and get in control of your life. I'm your host, Preston Schmidley. Kick back, enjoy the episode, and don't forget to subscribe. Hey, what's going on, friends? Welcome to this episode of The Lensetter Show. I'm here joined by a special guest, Scott Shang of Find My Way Home. And uh, we actually met recently in Texas, um, and we had some conversation. And I'd heard about Scott throughout, you know, kind of the grapevine of the mortgage industry um, because he's, he's obviously moving, shaking, doing some cool stuff. And uh, one of the things that really stood out to me is the amount of kind of uh, uh, time that, that Scott's had in the space, both as an originator, um, he, has, he has decades of experience on that, but also, um, you know, I have a lot of respect for what he's doing as a content creator, um, and, and he's always trying to push the bounds to be innovative, uh, and, and he's doing that through a lot of ways. We're going to get into some of the specifics of that, but um, Scott is definitely somebody that you should know in the content arena, somebody who's going to bring value to you through what he's doing through his channels, which we can talk about. Uh, and then also, you know, our goal of this episode is to bring you some actionable stuff that you can kind of start to look at your content differently and how you can innovate yourself and be the, the market authority for your audience. So, Scott, thank you so much for being on the Lensetter Show today. No, I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, I've, I've kind of been seeing what you guys have been doing as well and kind of admiring you from afar. It was uh, it was a, a pleasure to get to meet you in uh, hot, humid Texas at uh, the summer camp this year. So yeah, was that cool. was really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this conversation. Yeah, man, it, it was fun. So, so Scott, I, I think that it's, it's a very relevant topic for a current time. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people do, you know, and you, were, you and I were talking about this before the podcast. They look at a lot of what we do versus what you do as kind of an either or. It's like one or the other, right? Yeah. And it's like you're very organic and content focused. Uh, and that's not to say that's exclusively what you do, but that's really your that's your experience that you've come from, right? Whereas I started as a direct response marketer, right? It's like everything has a call to action. Everything is to drive a lead, to drive a sale. And and obviously, these to me I've learned over years is it's kind of like looking at tools to build a house. If you romanticize the hammer too uh, aggressively, you're going to have a hard time when you got to cut wood, right? That's right. It's, it's, and, and so it's like there's a purpose for both of these, and it's really this – kind of one plus one equals three magnification effect, this omnipresence when somebody can not only control and, and, and really have domination in a paid traffic arena, but also to have a brand and, and, and content that, that uh, can organically create, and, and, and at times I'd imagine even create virality around them that creates this attraction, this attractive character in their brand. So I, I would like to talk to you about um, – what are some of the things in you know maybe recent months or this year that you feel are really relevant for loan officers to start thinking about when it comes to their content? Well, it's education. See, I, like I thrive in chaos and that's what this market feels like. So when I started my website, Find My Way Home, it was a consumer facing website. It was content marketing. Back then we were called bloggers. Like that was the content that right. you had. Right. Um, or you were, you know, you were old, uh, you were old school. I I've been in the Dan Kennedy school forever. The long form sales letters I've sent them out, you know, with post-its on them and highlighted and all that stuff. Um, I've done both. And, um, right now consumers get all of their information from clickbait headlines. You talk to one loan officer or another, everybody has a different perspective on the market. Everybody has a different challenge. And, and I think one of the things that we also run into, we assume that everybody knows what we know, right? right. Like people, people are always shocked to hear how many people think that you need 20% down for a down payment, right? Probably the most important thing that, that I've been focusing on 
uh, recently when it comes to content is is understanding that as originators, we make money by having conversations about qualifying for a mortgage, right? That's our money-making activity it, when I can have a conversation. Our marketing and our advertising set up that opportunity. They create the opportunity for us to have that conversation. But then here's where it breaks down. The only difference between a conversation and content is who it helps. And a conversation is helpful to somebody on your timeline when it's convenient for you. But when you take that conversation and you document it somewhere, now you're helping the consumer on their timeline when it's convenient for them. But we're literally creating content every time we open our mouth and talk to a real estate agent, talk to a consumer, talk to our peers. But we don't take the time to document it anywhere and put it somewhere so that it can be accessible to online consumers. And quite frankly, I didn't even use it. It's not always organic traffic. Sometimes you meet somebody, you don't have time for an in-depth conversation. But if you say, hey, I did a video on this, let me forward it to you. Like that's building that trust and that authority on their timeline when it's convenient for them. And I always say, if you can earn their trust, you can earn their business. I think that's what content creates. I, I like paid traffic. I like paid. I like the calls to action. And I like the organic piece in there because it gives you something to pay tra to push traffic to. Yeah. Well, I agree. And, you know, it's interesting because we've kind of taken more of a, you know, there's this evolution, I feel like, in business and as a whole where there's kind of a shift from like a, a chief sales officer and a chief marketing officer to this combination where there's a chief revenue officer. And I think that that, you know, and, and, and obviously a lot of people listening to this aren't necessarily corporate or, or startup and they're not looking at it like that. But I think that that speaks to a greater thing that really what that means is you have to have your eye on pre-opt-in intent and, and interest and all the way to post-opt-in intent and interest, right? And so sales and marketing really are, even if you want to, I mean, it's hard to call them this, but I think at, at the minimum, they're different sides of the same coin now, right? And yeah. and so it's like you have to be able, and what it sounds like you've just done a phenomenal job of this, this pre-opt-in intent and, and, this, and building this relationship getting that value out first, building that trust, and then bringing them into your ecosystem. And I'm sure you do this post opt-in as well. But you know, the thing about content that's interesting is I, I feel like a lot of people also kind of get, you know, there's, we've observed this over the years with our members is there's a lot of camera shyness. There's a, well, I'm not good on camera. I can't do content. And it's like, let's, let's kind of unpack this a little bit, you know? You're already, like you said, you're already making content. Like I, I one of the the easiest ways that, that, that I kind of instruct our, our members, it's like, listen, if you're kind of you you don't think you can think about content, just look through the sent folder in your email box. What did you send out? What's the last fifty emails? Well, you'll find seven of the last fifty were probably the same thing. Yep. Hello. There's a piece of content. Not only do you get the content, you buy back your time. Like yep. there's so many cool things to do with content. It's not just about Oh, I got to be like on YouTube, right? I mean, that's a that's a component of it, but I think people oversimplify it and make it more complicated at the same time than it needs to be, you know? There's absolutely. so many ways to do this. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely the the scent folder is is an old school. That is just a well um you know, because your consumers, your your in process or your pre process, you know, your your pre qual people, when they send you an email, that subject line is your hook, right? Like that's their question. That's what they want to know. Hey, I had questions about this. What this is going on? One of my favorite sayings, and and I I wish I made this up, but I stole it from somebody. Um, there are not ten thousand questions about qualifying for a mortgage. There are ten questions asked ten thousand ways, and that is so true. And what I found from my website is I've got some blog posts with thousands of comments. And what used to always crack me up is how often I would get a comment that says, hey, my situation is exactly like this person's situation, except. And the except was the equivalent of I was wearing a blue shirt and they were wearing a red one. Like it really wasn't relevant to what the situation or what the solution is. But what that taught me over time is that everybody feels like their situation is unique. But we know as being the person that's answering those questions, there's really only a dozen topics or a dozen questions. And then there's and then there are outliers, right? There are circumstances that lead them to it. But, you know, just as people are camera shy, you know, I think consumers are 
activity shy. I mean, they're buying shy. They're purchase shy. Like, I don't want to start the mortgage process because I don't want to be let down, right? And it's the same kind of thing. I don't want to create content. I don't want to go on video because I don't like the way that I sound. I don't like the way that I look. But, you know, the crazy thing about that is, and this is what I always tell people, it's like, listen, if you walk into a room and people don't run away screaming, then you're cool because like, that's just your face <laughs> and that's just your voice. You don't have to worry about it. And it's yeah. like, we're always so critical of ourselves, but man, like your audience, these loan officers, like you are so smart. You've got so much experience. You've helped so many people through just like impossible situations sometimes. And we've all helped people that were turned down by two, three, four other loan officers. And, you know, they just didn't take the time or they didn't see, or they didn't know the guideline or whatever the case is. Like we are a wealth of information. And if you're not creating content, nobody knows, right? The only way they're going to know is if they encounter you. Yeah. And the the interesting thing is like to kind of, you know, debunk the whole, it, you know, content's hard. It's like, you're already making it right. Like you are yeah. sending the emails, you are sending the text messages, you are having the phone calls. The only thing you're doing is you're doing it one-to-one manually and yep. there's no duplication factor. There's no, a thousand people can watch this a million people. There's, you can't be viral That's unless right. you said something in the email that was, I mean, I don't remember last time anybody really did this, but there was an era, you know, in the nineties where it's like people would forward to everybody they knew an email you know, it was like the sharing of a meme of the 90s, right? It's like pre-meme. Right. But, but like, you know, obviously that's not happening anymore. And so you're, you are making content. Don't get it twisted. The difference is it's yeah. usually all written, right? So you're copywriting, even if you don't want to call yourself that. And you're doing it one person at a time. Well, yeah. what if you took that same thing and made it available to thousands of people immediately, yeah. you know? And that's yeah. really what this is about. And what you've done really well is... You've created things that can, you know, apply to to a lot of people that that and, and based around the questions they're asking. So this is relevant content, and you gain leverage because this is not something where you have to redo it every time somebody's interested yeah. or has a question. No, this applies to thousands of people, and it can be unique enough to where those thousands, right? Because if you're looking at this statewide or nationally which I think more loan officers should, if you're in 2023 going, I only do business in X city, you got a license for a state border at minimum, play your strengths. Like you need to be looking at the questions that people across the state, you know, cause one of the biggest complaints I hear too with loan officers is it's just so hard to get real estate agents. Well, how about you get out of a red ocean? How about you stop trying to pander, compete against the same group of people for the same group of people, right? Yeah. When you come in to, you know, a city across the state, some small town, and you reach out to a realtor you've never heard of before, and you go, hey, I got a pre-approval, and I'm looking for somebody to do business with, it's kind of like the clouds part, and you come down. It's like, who the heck is this guy, right? And it's like, that's actually a valuable consideration because they're pandering for the same people with the same people as well. And so having that outsider effect is actually really powerful when you have the leverage. And so I think that there's, you know, playing to the strength of creating content that can apply to everybody within your licensable territory, because there's a lot of unique nuances that are not just city specific, that you can help a lot of people. And this is something I've seen you do with your content. You know, this is something that helps a lot of people, but you only had to make it once, you know? Yeah, and you bring up a really, really valuable point, and it's um, it's kind of a Nietzsche concept, but um, from Thus Spake Zarathustra, it's like you're never a prophet in your own village, and and it's so true. It's like we we try to market, but like these people knew you when you were a snotty nosed high schooler, and you were a you know you were a deviant and all this stuff, or they know this person that knows you, or and they have an opinion about you. But you go over to another city or you go over to another town and they're, you know, and it's new and it's fresh. That's also what content does for you is it exposes you to these audiences. I love the way that you frame this because it's so right and it really is that simple. Are you trying to grow your business one to one or one to many? And when you're doing it one to many, then the pressure isn't on you to convert that one single conversation. Right. You're, you're literally putting the conversation. Here's another thing that I say about content creation is you don't have to solve anybody's problem and you don't have to address their specific problem. When you create content, you establish yourself as a problem solver. And people just know that, hey, every time I see this guy, 
He's solving somebody's problem. I wonder if he can solve mine. That's how this thing morphs. That That's how content works. And like you said, it, it lives forever. When I have a conversation with somebody face-to-face, as soon as our conversation is over, that knowledge that happened just evaporates into the ethers. But if we create content around it, it exists forever. So if two years from now, somebody's having that problem and typing in those keywords, they're finding our content and saying, oh, hey, I see you're an expert in this. Well, I had a conversation about this two years ago. I'm glad you ran into it. Scott, I think a lot of people hear this kind of stuff from you, from me, from you know people like us. I want to make this more tangible, right? Because Okay. Let's let's actually talk. Is there a video that you made years ago that is still bringing you interested borrowers? Is there a specific video that stands oh. out to you where you go, oh, this one still performs? Yeah, it's not as much the the videos. For me, it was a lot of blogging content, and right. then I, okay. I did videos on the blog content. But 100%, there are topics that the a large number of our peers won't, can't solve. So, you know, I said I started in 2007 during the crash. Well, in February, 2011, I started writing about how to buy again after bankruptcy, foreclosure, short sale, deed in lieu. And I became the national expert on that topic and those underwriting guidelines. Um, I still get comments from that. The other one, and so this is one of the cool things with my website, is I can see what kind of traffic I'm getting and what kind of attention on content that I'm getting, and I know what consumers are looking for. A really, really big topic, and this is actionable. I'm actually, I'm doing classes on this right now. In 2015, they changed the guidelines for how you calculate your student loan payment. In 2015, they did that. Some of the factors that make content high converting content is if every agency has a different guideline on that particular topic. So Fannie Mae has a different guideline from Freddie Mac. It's different from FHA, different from VA, different from USDA, because so many of these call centers, which have the most money to get the eyeballs before you can get to them, they don't know all of the nuances and they don't know all of the guidelines. If you want a topic, if people are listening to this right now, if you want a topic that is absolutely going to be one of the hottest topics for the next six months, it's that student loan payments are due in October. Like they were shut off. The light switch was shut off in March of 2020 with the CARES Act through administrative forbearance. People didn't opt into it like they did with mortgage forbearance. And then September 1st, statements go out. And October 1st, payments are due. That's 49 million Americans, 29.1 million Americans between the ages of 29 and 50 are going to have an expense that they haven't had for 36 months. It's going to cause challenges. It already is causing challenges. That is a topic that you need to understand. You need to know what this problem is, how to solve it. And the solution is very, very easy. But this is a conversation that's going to lead to cash out refinances because you have household budgets that every slice of that pie is already spent. Now you're introducing a three five nine hundred dollar payment to a budget that's already tight in this market now they're starting to look at that HELOC that they took out a couple years ago because they didn't want to touch their three percent interest rate right that HELOC interest rate is almost double digit now if it's not double digit their credit card interest rates are in the 20 percent range so now we're having blended rate conversations with people looking at their total expenses and we're talking about saving um 600 800 1200 dollars a month don't worry about your interest rate let's improve your cash flow by $1,200 a month. And then guess what? When we pay off your credit cards, your credit score goes up and now we're no longer worried about cash out refi hits. So when interest rates do drop a half percent, you get to take advantage of that half percent drop every time that it drops. Those kinds of topics, and there's a handful of those kind of topics that appeal to today's consumer market, learn those guidelines, understand how to have those conversations and start having those conversations. That's just one, but that's a huge one. Like that's a lot of people. It's a huge audience. 
and it's a challenge that's going to be forced on everybody. And I think that's kind of how you have to approach these markets, Preston. It's like the only people that are in today's market have to be there. There's some sort of emotional driver that's causing them to have to take action in today's market. Nobody's been sitting on the sidelines saying, oh my gosh, I'm so glad home prices finally got to where I wanted them to be. Interest rates finally got to where I wanted to be. That's not happening. It's life events. It's divorce. It's new families. It's new babies. It's the landlord is selling our house. It's job relocation. It's all of these different things, these different motivations. Student loans. I have a student loan payment. I have an extra bill that I can't afford right now. Morgan Stanley did actually a survey about that and only 29% of people that they surveyed said that they can make their student loan payment in October without sacrificing in other areas of their life. You know, this is interesting because you also tap into something that, because to some extent, whether we like it or not, right, our our personal profiles on Facebook are also content, right? I mean, it's all content. Now, obviously, it's very different than the type of content you're creating. But, you know, it's interesting because I love what you're talking about. I mean, I I was just processing. I actually took a note on it because it's like the idea of a – the idea of student loan debt coming into picture – you know, and, and, and even the implication that has on rate and, and the total debt and they have these blended these blended rate situations, I think frame of reference is really relevant. And, you know, this kind of goes into Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan's gap in the gain a little bit where it's like, are you measuring against an ideal or are you measuring from where you came, right? I think you, Scott, have a great frame of reference because you've actually been doing this. You stayed in it pre-crash. You're still here. You're doing your thing, Right. You've originated through challenges. You've originated through booms. You've done content through all of it, right? And so your frame of reference is vast, right? And I think a lot of people coming into this, they forget pre-2021 and they go, oh, what the hell? The rates are out of control. What do I do? And it's like, yeah. "Yeah." But I mean, let's zoom out 30 years. When I got in the market uh, in the early, well, late 90s, um, early 2000s, we were that refinance boom was pulling people out of nine and three quarters interest rates and getting them into seven and three quarters interest rates. And they were doing backflips. They were like so happy that the market went that direction. It's like this stuff is cyclical. But again, every time there's chaos, there's opportunity. And the opportunity is twofold. The opportunity is is one your peers that are just wallowing in the fact that things aren't the way they always used to be. So they're living in the past and they're just frustrated and angry. And then it's taking the time to pause and figure out how this is impacting my customer and where are my customers' pain points. Now, our prospect pool is smaller, but they have bigger problems. And they're looking for solutions. So when you can identify what those solutions and what those opportunities and those challenges are, everybody, the the numbers have been kind of going around uh, a little bit. It was something like 40 or 50,000 originators didn't renew their license in 2022. And they're expecting it's going to be something close to that in 2023. There's a lot of people. Now, those weren't seasoned professionals, those were people that popped into the refi boom and they were refi people. You have to pivot a little bit, Preston. You got to, you know, you can't be a refinanced loan officer in today's market. You can't be a transactionally minded loan officer in today's market. What I'm trying to tell everybody and the most practical thing that I can give somebody in terms of mindset and setting your expectations, this is a market for building your database because whoever has the biggest database with the highest trust wins when this market shifts. And rates don't have to go down for this market to shift. They just have to stop being volatile. Like they can stay at 7% for 30 days straight and you're going to see a 15% spike in applications. 100%. Well, you know, and, and this goes into what Warren Buffett says, you know, I, I'm paraphrasing, so I don't want to butcher this, but it's some, some version of every, every, uh, everybody sees who's naked when the tide goes out, right? And yep. I, I think that there's an element of this to where this is how we coach our members in our program. You can build, you know, there's, there's a lot of people build a business for a boom. You need to really build a business for a bust, right? 
because yeah. so let's say let's say that you build and and because this is not about taking your foot off the gas just because it got easy. This is one of the biggest mistakes I see loan officers do from a business strategy standpoint. It's like, oh, I got too many apps that I can't handle all this. I don't even need to invest in my business growth. What? It's not going to be like this forever. What are you doing to systematize to make sure that when rates go up, you still have this kind of activity, right? Like so many people complain about this being a roller coaster ride. Yeah, well, you're riding it like a roller coaster. Like, stop playing the game that way. Run it like a business. Be right. an entrepreneur and a business owner instead of an operator okay. who's just got his head down, seeing one foot in front of him at a time. It's like, you need to get ahead of this shit. And what you do in a recession will work just well, if not better, in a boom. Yes. But it is absolutely not the other way around, right? And so, you know, in your situation and how you're talking about this, it, it really reminds me of that. You know, it's like you have to be able to... You have to be able to stand tall in these times. You have to be able to, to represent the people that need to be represented in these times, you know, so that you actually have ground to stand on. Yeah, and, and you also said it. You said systems and running your business like a business. The reason we have roller coasters is because we get busy and because we don't have processes and systems in place, because we don't have a sound foundation in place, we're the one doing all the work. So you get a bunch of applications and then you stop marketing to your past client database. You start stop prospecting because now you're processing all of these applications that came in. So like this is the time when you reinforce the, you, you know, you reinforce the dam. You set up the systems, you set up the, you create the processes. Just because you don't have a lot of stuff flowing through the process, this is the time that we have the time to level out those ups and downs. Because you're so right. It, it's, and that was, you know, that's a really famous, it's a very well-known challenge in the mortgage industry is I closed 25 loans this month and then I closed seven loans the next month. Then I closed 12 the next month and I closed three. And it's because you don't have systems and processes. You don't have a business. You have activity. And there's a difference between just doing activities all day and building a machine that all you have to do is maintain it, keep it lubricated, and keep it fed. One of the things Dan Kennedy taught me early in, in uh, uh, our mentorship together is um, he said, if you don't have a, a systematic way to continue to extract revenue from the people in which you serve, you do not have a business. You have a series of disconnected income events. It is, this is about having a systemization of, of how you continue to serve somebody. You know, and, and, and the age-old Dan Kennedyism is whoever can spend the most to acquire the customer wins, right? And so Dan, in yeah. Dan's world, there's this idea that he's willing to – if he makes $3,000 to get a client – He's willing to spend three thousand to get the client because what you know where most people would go is that most people would look at that from the gap and go, well, I don't work for free. This isn't a charity. Where Dan looks at that is, is he goes, I just got a free client. Sweet. Okay. Now how can I continue to serve them to get the refinance in six to eighteen months? Right. right. Now he just got That's a free right. refi. Whereas uh, people are looking at this from the gap, and it, and it's all about expectations and perspective, right? It's like, what's your frame of reference? What's your expectation? And does this actually serve you? You know. And so we've we've even taken that approach for our businesses. We're willing to spend what we get to acquire a client, and and just like you, you know, I mean, we have services that aren't. I wouldn't define them as cheap, but I define them as highly valuable. And we're willing to spend that money to acquire the person because I know long term, if I'm focused on LTV, if I'm focused on the lifetime value of that customer. Right. Yep. What does that mean for my business? And what does that mean for the value I can provide them? Right. I mean, if, if you're not looking at your business this way, you're not going to have a long term business. You're a series of transactions, a series of, of disconnected income events, which I think is what a lot of people encounter. That's right. And what you're describing is database management, you know, in today's world and in today's into in what we do, it's database management, whether they're prospects, whether they're past clients, whether prospective realtor partners but if, if any part of your business suffers during good or bad times, then you don't have processes in place. Mm -hmm. So you can, if, if, when you have processes and systems in place, then your volume may go up and down, but your consistency of communication should not suffer, yeah. right? So well, when you get so, a bunch so of loan applications coming in, it shouldn't make you suffer in other areas of your business. 
I, I think that this is for the, for the, for the LO listening to this. I mean, this honestly, this transcends mortgage. So if you're a salesperson listening to this, this directly applies to you. If you own, I don't care if you own a carpet right. cleaning business, this applies to you, right? If you're noticing wide yeah. variation in month to month sales, right? And I'm talking like wide, right? Like, like Scott used the example of last month I had 25 uh, uh, loans, this month I have seven. You have a massive issue. There's a bottleneck in there somewhere where you need to address it yep. because what that essentially says is the room for error in your margin is huge. You can't really build a sustainable business. You can't build a sustainable team around such wide income variation. And so you need to find a way, which I, I will personally tell you, the consistent marketing efforts is usually the solution for this because what happens is you had 25 loans, which means that maybe probably somewhere about 90 days before that you were going ham on attracting people. Well, then you started to get people and then you pivoted all your energy into fulfillment, right? And so now it's all, yep. we got to get the documents, we got to chase these people. And so that production starts to go, Wee! right? Because you're, no, you're no longer farming. Yep. You're no longer planting the seeds and harvesting. You're just focused on fulfilling the demand sure. of the 25. And so you look back, you know, in 90 days, you look back and go, well, what happened? What changed? You stopped investing in new clients. That's what changed, usually. That's not the yes. only reason, but that's, you can't take your foot off the gas in your marketing and sales just because you got to fulfill. That means you got to delegate. You have to hire. You have to train. You have to have people to replace you, systems to replace you. This is actually something, another thing Dan taught me is, is systems manage the, the, the clients and people manage the systems, right? And so it's like you have to have systems as an underlying thing, but you have to have trusted people that you, that you know can manage these, run these systems because otherwise, you know, and this is really the barometer. This is, it's an extreme question, but I like to ask it because it paints a picture. If you were hit by a bus today, would you still have money coming in in 90 days? That's a, that's a bottleneck. That means mm -hmm. that your business, you don't really have a business. You're an independent contractor and your income 100% hinges on your ability to show up. 100%, right? That's a dangerous yeah. place to be. I'm not here to insult people in that situation. Some people go, well, that's how I want my life and that's perfectly fine. But that's not a business, right? And so it's important to, to kind of evaluate that. One thing I wanted to dive in with you, Scott, and talk about is, you know, I've noticed a lot with, you know, newer members in our program, you know, they, they get the idea that they want to continue to be in the lives of their borrowers, right? So they, they may have done a purchase in the last two years, right? But they struggle to find a way to be relevant in their clients' lives. And so, you know, one of the things that I always teach, and it's, I think it's transitionary to what you do, is a relationship doesn't just have to be I pick the phone up and I call you and I ask how the kids are. No, that, that's definitely a version of it. And I think if you have the ability to have those kind of conversations and the other person's bought into it, that's a good position to be in because that means you got a seat at their table during Thanksgiving should you need it. That's a great kind of social equity to have. But a relationship could also be content. It could also be you provided value when nobody else did. A relationship takes a lot of forms. I'd be curious about your perspective on this, but also maybe what are you doing uh, to use content not just to attract attention, not to just to attract leads, but also to nurture yeah. the relationship. What are you doing in that capacity, or what are your perspectives on that? What we do on our on our platform, what we do for our customers, is um, we help loan officers create long form content, and it's mostly video content. And then what we do is once a month we're sending an email digest of the last three videos that they put out. It's just touches. It's just staying top of mind. I think I, I mentioned it earlier. You don't have to solve anybody's specific problem. You're just showing yourself to be a problem solver. And you're, you're telling stories and you talk about what kind of content. Well, you know, what is the conversation? So there's two types of content, right? There's evergreen and then there's, and then there's uh, timely and relevant. And Timely and relevant is the conversation you just had with the first time home buyers that they're not going to be able to buy right now, but you can help them get into a position to buy in the future. Whatever conversations you're having today with clients, if you pop onto a 60 second video, it doesn't have to be a success story about you winning the day. It can just be, hey, I just had this conversation and I know a lot of other people out there are having these same questions and concerns about the market. So I wanted to share what we talked about on this conversation because I think it might be relevant to other people. And like that kind of thing that, that people see that you're 
trying to help other people. It's not always, hey, do you know anybody that's looking for a loan or do you know anybody that's looking for this? It's like this is a market for communication and education. There will be business out there, but you're going to earn that business by earning their trust. You're going to earn that trust by earning the eyeballs, which and the only way to earn those eyeballs is to have content out there that's available for them to find on their timelines. It doesn't have to be a specific message. Um, I also like tools, um, homeowners, uh, things like HomeBot, HomeIQ, uh, HomeScout, these kinds of tools that deliver a, a personalized one-to-one value proposition. For home buyers, I like something like a, a FinLocker, something that's like a budgeting tool and, and homeownership, early entry homeownership type of content. But think in terms of education in this market, not conversion. Conversion comes when you after you educate. Like right now, be a market whisperer. Be the decipherer of the market. You don't have to have an opinion on it. You don't have to be able to predict what the market can be, but I know you have an opinion on it, so share, right? And don't hang your hat on anything. I know rates will be lower in, you know, next year. You do, you don't know. How many of you thought rates would be lower today than they were six months ago? Most right? Well, Almost I think, everybody. I think it was, they knew it and they also hoped. <laughs> Well, and that's it. But hope's not a hope's not a strategy. And, and what we have the ability to do is narrate the experience. And by narrating the experience, you're creating content that people are going to trust. And that's all they need. They don't need answers. They just need to know that you're there when they have questions. Well, and, you know, just an easy kind of, a, I mean, I'm shooting from the hip on this, but even an easy example is if somebody just wanted to document their thoughts. And I think that people underestimate the value of that because people, it's like, it's the same reason. Why do you hire a, a good lawyer? You want the best to represent you. You don't like the last thing you want. I can tell you from experience is a public defender. Okay. You know, it's like, uh, you, you want to have a lawyer who represents you. Mortgage is the same. Nobody wants to have the, the guy who has nothing to add, no value, no opinions. That's not an expert. Experts are willing to stake their flag in something and go, this is good or this is bad. Yep. Look at Atkins as a diet, right? Atkins makes some bold claims. Atkins has opinions. There's plenty of people that disagree. Atkins is very successful, yep. right? Nobody wants to work with the fitness person that goes, well, well, you know, how do I lose weight? Well, it depends. What do you mean it depends? On what? Like, you know, it's like, no, have a plan. Give me clarity, right? You should be solving my problems. You should also be make, giving me a sense of confidence that you actually know what you're talking about. Stating your opinions is one, one, an easy way to do that. To kind of tap in as a tangible example to what Scott was just saying, if you're like, well, how do I make content? What do I even talk about? Here's an example of just kind of what he talked about and tweak it for your own voice. But you could you could share some version of, you know, guys, I just wanted to kind of share, you know, this is Dear Diary, episode one about the mortgage industry. And uh, I just want to talk, you know, I'm obviously just like you hoping rates go down. I think that that's just good for an in the individual economics of every family. However, here's, I wanted to also bring you three reasons why now is a great time to buy a house because I understand that not a lot of people are bringing you that information. And here's what's happened. If you zoom out and look at real estate historically, there's, you know, obviously in small times, if we go into any one year by year basis, yes, there's been times real estate took a dip, but if we zoom out, there's never been a more stable investment, right? Mm -hmm. So this is reason one why now is a good time because you get in on the equity. Here's reason number two. If you decide to wait, I actually tell our, our clients this all the time because I think it's, it's, it's a mindset. But if you decide to wait, 12, years, or 12 months from now, 18 months from now, guess what equity did? Guess what your income did? You are worse positioned yep. by waiting. Now is a better time to buy. Yep. You know, the, the age old... Uh, what's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? The second best time is today, right? Well, that applies yep. to real estate. And yep. so you could totally take this and, and share your thoughts and opinions, but also why is it still a good time to buy? You know, there's no such thing as a bad market. There's bad market conditions, but there's still good reasons to do yep. business anytime in history, right? It's all perspective. It's all mindset. And this actually taps into something that kind of pisses me off, just to be honest, is when people, when loan officers become cynical in their content, and this is, it's like, if you want to repel the market, here's a good way to do it. There was a time <laughs> when rates started to go up and loan officers were kind of like, what do we do? How do we adapt? I don't know. You know, I'm scared. My, our clients are scared, which is fair. That's fair. But, you yeah. know, this is kind of like toughen up, you know, before you walk out to talk to your prospects, get yourself together. 
The last thing you should be doing is sharing memes about it's hard out there with rates so high. If you see a loan officer, buy him a drink. That doesn't serve your consumer. All it does is make them feel like, well, I guess I shouldn't buy. If the professionals, if the experts are saying it's a really shitty world, I'm just going to stash cash under my mattress. It's like you're not giving hope. You're not showing them that now's a good time to buy. All you're doing is saying, I'd rather greet people at Walmart because I don't want to attract people with value that actually gives them something tangible, good reason why they should do business in general or with me. Right. It's like, and so I think content is really important for you as a conduit of hope as well. Like, like Scott talks a lot about education. I think that hundred percent, I totally agree with that, but it's also a way for you to have a deviated message, a message when all of your competitors, and I mean, a lot of your competitors are yeah. super cynical right now. You get to be the beacon of yeah. hope through content. Like it's a way for you to have a message. There's actually a real estate agent, Ricky something. Uh, I think everybody should follow him just for ideas. It's R-I-C-K-Y-C-A-R-R-U-T-H. He's a real estate agent. And all of his stuff, you know, in, in a sea of everybody being like, oh, rate your high, this sucks. He's talking about like, ooh, man, it's getting hot out there. Like, and, and like, you can't help but feel inspired after you watch his videos, right? And now this is more social content, right, which, which is a little different than like long-form writing and, and videos to support that. But it doesn't have to be. It, it's a testament. And he's gone viral, right? Well, why is he going viral? Buyers want to make this work. But when all they hear is you can't, yeah. you shouldn't, you won't, you don't, it's like, shit, oh, what do I do, yeah. you know? And so be the beacon of hope through education, through inspiration. Why is now a good time? And it is. If you ask ChatGPT what's five reasons people should buy real estate even during a high interest rate market, ChatGPT can come up with five ideas. So what's your excuse? It doesn't have a license. It doesn't know this stuff. It doesn't – I mean it probably does know the guidelines at this point. But like, you know, like you, you got to be the hope. You got to be the positive person that inspires yeah. people to take action. Absolutely. And it's just a matter of perspective. It's all the same market. Yeah. You talk about all the positives, why it is a great time to buy. If you're a home buyer, when the interest rates were low, buyers were pulling their hair out because there was 50, 60 offers on every home that was listed. They were being outbid like crazy. Guess what? There's no competition out there today. You're not going to get outbid like crazy like it used to be. And maybe it's not even resale. Maybe it's new construction. New construction has no bidding and it's not even built yet. You know, what you said was really, really important. And it's literally that mindset shift because there's so many people in the industry that are living in the past. They're living in the woulda, coulda, shoulda mindset and they're not looking at the opportunities. When you see a glass that's half full of water, is it half full or is it half empty? It's the same glass of water. It's just your perspective and your attitude towards it. Yeah. Listen, there's people that are really successful, you know, lighting things on fire and talking about gloom and doom and, and clickbait and things like that. But there are just as many positive conversations to have around homeownership, around cash flow, around, you know, like we said, blended rate stuff, just paying attention out there. There's always an opportunity to bring hope and bring education and bring people along. That's the beauty of the internet. You know, if there was something going on, your interaction and communication with people was only if you went to the town square or something like that. But now we have the internet. And so it's easy. Whatever you're looking for, you're going to find. So if you're looking for negativity and something to bring you down or something to reinforce the fact of why you feel crappy about being in the business at this time, you're going to find it super easy to find. But if you're looking for something to be inspired about, if you're looking for opportunities, opportunities, if you're looking for the perfect conditions to set yourself apart and to separate yourself from the competition, that's there too. They're equal and opposite perspectives and you just have to make a choice. Well, it goes that whole, whether you say you can or you can't, you're right. I mean, that's life, right? Like yep. that's, that's this market. That's a good yep. market. That's, you know, the glass of water half full is such a funny and, and, and interesting thing because you could make a good argument either way. You could. But why would you argue for it being half, half empty? What does that do for you? How does that serve yeah. your people? It is half full. It's also half empty. You're right. That's right. So what are we talking about here? Why don't we be positive about this? Why don't we be a beacon of hope? I just feel like there's so much opportunity there, you know, because one of the things like mindset right now is it's not optional. 
like, you know, I think that we are going to see a, a strong consolidation. I don't know what it is. I've heard people talk about 40% and could be 50, could be 60. I don't know how many people will leave the mortgage industry in the next 12, 18 months. But I know it's going to be noticeable. And I think that the main difference is going to be what they say to themselves when they wake up in the morning, what they say to themselves before they leave the office every night. You know, when they're making calls, do they have a mindset of, okay, I got to call one more, per- I got to help one more person? Or is it like, a, oh, I got to do calls today, right? Do you get to or do you got to? Those, that, that small nuance, it's not semantics. That's your identity. How are you showing up in your life and your business? Like, that's so huge. Yep. And, and, and mindset and perspective, you know, I, I've talked to so many people. People like people comment on our ads because we run a lot of paid traffic. That's what we do, right? And we run like we'll get comments on our ads with people that are cynics and they just talk about, oh, you know, now's a bad time. Now, now, you know, horrible time to invest in your business to 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 grow your your mortgage business. It's an interesting market shift or mindset shift because you know when I look at 2022, Scott, there were 370 ish nine figure producers. All that tells me is there's money, there's money, there's there's money changing hands. You're just not at the table, right? You don't yeah. have the systems in yeah. marketing. You don't have the systems in sales. You don't have the systems in fulfillment. But 370 people did during what most people say is a really hard market. So why them and yeah. not you? Part of it's mindset. Part of That's it's right. they go, well, shit, there's money out there. Let's get it, right? That's first. They show up. They work hard. I'm sure they do. But they're probably not working, you know, if you're at 20 million in production, for instance, and you got somebody that's at 100 million, they're not probably working five, they don't have five times the hours you have. They have the same amount of hours, they're just smarter, they're systematized, and they look at things differently. And perspective right now, expectations are so critical. And they planted their their tree 10 years ago. That's a huge part of it. It's the whole uh, instant millionaire thing, right? People look at somebody and they go, oh, you're an instant millionaire. They don't think about the 30 years of mistakes and challenges and trials and tribulations that it went through to gain the knowledge in order to be in a position to, you know, be where they are today. This is an opportunity. If you're not thriving in this market, then this is a perfect opportunity for you to start doing the things that'll help you thrive in any market. And it's embracing everything. It's paid traffic, it's organic traffic, it's social, it's video, it's networking, it's finding new sources of business, new referral partners. It's everything that you can think of, but it's that mindset. Am I seeing what doesn't work everywhere that I look? Or do I see opportunities to make something work everywhere that I look? It's funny that it's that simple, but it legitimately is that simple. Like as soon as you start looking for opportunities, they just start revealing themselves. Whatever you look for, you're going to find. 100%. Like you said, yeah, there's Ricky, actually, whether you, if for people whether you think that you don't can know or whether you think you can't, you're right. Yeah, it's a, there's actually a biological part of the – there's like a part of the brain called the reticular activating system. This happens in so many different capacities. It's like somebody goes, oh, I want a Ferrari because nobody has a Ferrari. And there's this funny, weird experience for everybody that had that feeling and got a Ferrari. And now they see all the Ferraris everybody else has. And they go, what the hell? I bought a Ferrari. Now everybody has a Ferrari? No, 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 no. Your brain sees yeah. what you believe, right? Like you, you – yeah, yes. you're right. Yeah, Ferraris, they're there now. They're part of your life. And so the reticular activating yeah. system is important. I think everybody should be aware of it because it, it is part of the condition. And if you can, if you can't, you're right. That's, it's just a small version of the Ferrari example. you know. Um, Scott, this has been a, a really fun conversation. I feel like you and I probably could go f- for hours, but I also want to respect your time. <laughs> you're, you're a wealth of knowledge when it comes to content. Uh, and, and, and this is one of the things I respect most about you. you know, I, I, I used to hang with people that, that were just you know, in their 20s and 30s and and I think that there's like an air of like, uh, on average, there's a lot of newness in that and that's kind of cool. But one of the things I've started to learn to have more respect and appreciation for is people who have been in the trenches for decades, right? It's one of the reasons that I, my mentorship yeah. with Dan Kennedy is so special to me because it's like, I can't talk to anybody else who, oh, yeah. who was doing infomercials successfully. I don't know anybody else who has so much direct male experience, right? It's like, this is timeless stuff and there's a wealth of benefit to experience, right? And I just, I I mean, I guess what I want to say is I want to tip my hat to you because um, I feel like, you know, we've been doing this for almost a decade now. And and, and honestly, I feel like every year in marketing is like five, it's like dog years, you know? And so for you to be in this space (laughs) doing this for two decades, you know, I have a lot of respect for that. Uh, And I think it's a testament to what you do works or else you wouldn't have been doing it for this long. And so I salute you. 
Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. And, and yeah, you know, you bring up an important point is, is, you know, don't ever blow off anybody who's come before or after you. There's always something to learn. It's just, it's this environment. I, I think you probably mentioned it before we went on the podcast. You could say that we're in our businesses, that there's some competition overlap. I, I, I don't believe that. I, I believe that, that different people are going to want different solutions for different reasons. But together, we're trying to present solutions and we're trying to create conversations and make people think in a certain way so that they have that mind shift. Like, I love talking to, to guys like you, especially guys like you that have, like, that know about Dan Kennedy. Like, that's amazing to me because that's like, it's kind of skipping generations. And there's so much to learn from fresh perspectives and old perspectives and just being open and, and being willing to have conversations with people that aren't like you, that don't think like you, that don't do the same things as you. That's the key to growth. It's the key to knowledge. And at the end of the day, we're all here trying to improve ourselves, trying to improve our situation. Listen, I, this was a fantastic conversation. You're 100% right. We could we could go for hours and hopefully we'll have an opportunity to go for hours about other things and other times. But I really appreciate you having me on here. I hope this was this is valuable for your audience. I hope they uh, were able to take something away from this. So this two questions before we close out. First is yeah. Uh, yeah. a lot of my audience is, is is full of readers. What's a book that you feel you've gone through in recent years that's been transformative for you? Oh boy, man, that's a good question. Um, you know what? What I one of the books that I really liked was uh, Donald Miller's Story Brand. That gave a really good perspective on our narrative and how um, how we tell stories and how we communicate our stories. I think that was probably one of the most important books. And then probably the single most important book that I read during the crash was um, Dan Kennedy's No BS Guide to Entrepreneurship. And what I learned there and what that taught me was um, doing classes and podcasts and get over your fear to go out there in public and and share your ideas and your experience and be a thought leader without worrying about who will follow. Those are probably two of the most important books that I've read in the last uh, probably 20 years. I love it. So, so final question. Um, I'm sure there are going to be loan officers that see this. Maybe some of our current members that also go, you know what? I like that Scott guy. I like what he's about. I want to learn more either about his classes or maybe I want to see what he can do for me when it comes to content because obviously there's a wealth of, uh, of value you can provide there. Um, how can loan officers who want to grow their mind, grow their business, how can they connect with you? What's the, the best way to, to do that? Probably the best way is my YouTube channel. I have a podcast called The Second Opinion Loan Officer. It's youtube.com forward slash at symbol second opinion loan officer. I'm easy to find, uh, Google my name, but the second opinion loan officer, that's where you're going to really see my deep work on using AI to create and amplify and repurpose content and really kind of see what my perspective is. You can also learn more about my business at find my way home. You can go to findmywayhome.com and see what I'm doing for other loan officers in terms of creating content for them and giving them exposure and helping them grow their organic inbound traffic. But that's probably the best place to start because you can get everywhere else from there. I love it. Yeah. So I'll make sure to put uh, uh, both to the second opinion loan officer podcast as well as a link to find my way home. We'll put those in the show notes so people can, uh, cool. you know, people that want to learn more and, and, and get into your world, they can reach out. So Scott, thank you again. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. I think this has been a, a very valuable Thanks, episode of the Lens Setter show. And uh, I think we delivered today. So thank you so much for being on with Fantastic. us. Fantastic. All right. Thank you. Thank you.